The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Mari has grown her two fitness and nutrition brands. Co-founder of Bloom Nutrition. Forbes 30 under 30 list. A successful entrepreneur. Someone who has lost 90 pounds. Today's guest is Mari Llewellyn. Mari Llewellyn. My friend Mari. Welcome to the Pursuit of Wellness. Hi guys, welcome back to the Pursuit of Wellness. Happy holidays. It's Christmas next week. We're gearing up. We're excited. I hope you guys are having a lovely time with your families. Today's episode is a very interesting one. We are talking all things hydrogen. I know what you might be thinking. How is this wellness related? What does this have to do with me? Trust me, you are going to be shocked. I know I was. After speaking with our guest today, Alex Tarnava, I have now made hydrogen tablets a part of my everyday routine and you guys are going to find out why because you should too. Imagine waking up one day plagued by a mystery illness that leads to narcolepsy, central nervous system fatigue and soaring inflammation levels. This was the reality of Alex Tonava, the founder and inventor of hydrogen tablets from Drink HRW. Alex shares his experiences and pivotal moments that led to him developing a method for regulating inflammation using hydrogen. So his story is absolutely incredible and it really teaches us why hydrogen is so important and why we don't get enough of it today. Things have changed a lot over the years and we are supposed to be getting way more hydrogen than we do. We're going to learn all about that today with Alex. Some things we're going to cover what hydrogen water did for Alex and his joints, why hydrogen is not as prevalent as it used to be in our water sources and atmosphere, why everyone should be taking hydrogen and what it does in the body, how hydrogen works in the body and mitochondrial health, hydrogen and COVID, why isn't hydrogen water a widespread phenomenon, energy and improved sleep after stress and poor sleep with hydrogen, weight loss and how it can benefit body composition, hydrogen and why it could help the elderly, hydrogen and what it does for the skin, dosage, ingesting hydrogen versus bathing in it, and whether or not it's safe for children and pregnant women, and the future of hydrogen. This one is definitely more of a science forward episode, but it really is so interesting, guys. I highly recommend you listen all the way through. Drink HRW has offered to do a giveaway for the Pow Girls and Pow Boys. All you need to do is follow the Pursuit of Wellness Instagram and follow at Drink HRW for a chance to win the True Longevity Him and Her bundle. There's so many amazing products in here, guys. All the things that you've heard about on this episode, so make sure you enter to win. Without further ado, let's hop into this episode with Alex. Alex, welcome to the Pursuit of Wellness. Glad to be here. So excited to have you. You flew in from Canada yesterday. Pleased to have you. And you are the inventor of the hydrogen tablet which has had a massive impact on the wellness industry. I'd love to start with how you initially became interested in hydrogen. All right. So some twists and turns, basically about a, a decade ago now, nine, 10 years ago, I was in a completely different industry. It gave me a lot of freedom. I'd work maybe 100 hours a week, one week a month, and then I'd only have an hour or two of work to do the rest of the month um, when I was at home not traveling. And uh, during that time, I was, you know, competing in sports. I was training four to six hours a day. And I got really sick with, they believe it was a mystery virus. So I had like sudden onset narcolepsy. Um, I was sleeping 16 to 18 hours a day. What is narcolepsy? So like I just fall asleep. Oh, wow. Like sitting places. Like if I just sat down on the chair for more than like a minute, I'd just conk out. 
Wow. Right? So I also had central nervous system fatigue. So I couldn't jump like an inch off the ground. So I couldn't do any explosive movements of any kind, but it didn't affect my strength. So like my deadlift and my bench and my squat were all fine, but um, I couldn't do like anywhere close to a muscle up. I couldn't jump an inch off the ground, like nothing, no explosive movements. My uh, inflammation was super high. It was 70 times abnormal. My C-reactive proteins were like 35 milligrams a deciliter. So they couldn't really figure out what was going on other than maybe it was a a mystery virus. But when the dust settled, when it cleared, I was left with osteoarthritis in 11 joints. So it had just like ravaged my body. And is that something that's normal for your age? No, absolutely not. Like, um, right now, like my arthritis is so bad. This is as high as this arm goes. Typically, they won't see arthritis as bad as I have until people are like 70. Is there any indication of why this all happened? Well, the inflammation from the virus. Got it. Just like shredded through my cartilage. So I I basically had to quit exercising the way that I had for throughout my 20s. And uh, they put me on uh, high amounts of like non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, like 1,000 milligrams of naproxen a day. That's like a leave, so way higher than what you just take OTC. And, you know, cortisone injections also. But uh, I knew that wasn't like a long-term solution. There's a lot of side effects to taking that amount of of naproxen or any other NSAID. So I was just scouring PubMed. I had so much free time on my hands because I wasn't training four to six hours a day. So I was just reading paper after paper on anything that could regulate the the inflammatory response in the body. And I found some interesting research on, on hydrogen and specifically hydrogen dissolved in water. I'd bought a machine for like $5,000 to make hydrogen water. And I was just taking it along with all the, you know, prescription meds and the cortisone injections I was doing and didn't even really think twice about it. I was doing some other stuff too. But uh, about eight months into taking that amount of naproxen, I fainted in the gym a few times over a week. And it turns out I developed multiple ulcers and I wasn't processing food properly. I wasn't getting, you know, the right nutrition for my food. Um, So I had to abruptly stop all the anti-inflammatories. And then my joints just seized up completely. Like I couldn't put on a shirt. I couldn't put on socks. Like I was wrecked. So I went back to the drawing board and I was thinking like, none of these other natural things I'm doing are working. It was only the drugs that was working. And so I went back to PubMed and I was doing more and more like reading and and more research on on molecular hydrogen popped up. But it kind of pissed me off because I'd spent five grand on this machine (laughs) and it wasn't doing anything. Where did you find this machine? Um, It's uh, they're they're kind of popular. Interesting. Um, yeah, it was it was a water ionizer, and they were being marketed like they'd been marketed for a long time for alkalinity, but mm. they were starting to shift the marketing to say it was for hydrogen water. But it, it dawned on me because I started buying a lot of the the like full papers to read the material and method section to look at how they were making the hydrogen water in these studies, and none of them were using a machine. Did like you have a water. science background or you were just super interested in it? I was just super interested. Like even my last business, um, you know, I, I had uh, innovated on, you know, platinum fuel cells. Not really innovated on the fuel cells. Um, it, it's to measure like, you know, breath alcohol, like oh, roadside. Wow. Um, but I, I worked with some engineers and we made them disposable. 
right? So they don't have to be recalibrated. They can just be switched out and it's way cheaper. And I've just always loved learning. Because I feel like those studies are difficult to read. So that's pretty amazing that you were able to decipher that. They are, right? And uh, a thing is, and even if you have, say, a PhD, mm -hmm. if you don't stay current, you're going to lose everything. Hmm. You just forget everything. Like, just like most people will forget, like, the science that they do in high school, right? Yes. It's the same thing for researchers. Like, e even, like, a lot of, like, older, really prominent researchers, if they're no longer involved in the day-to-day -day research, they start forgetting everything, wow. right? So one of the most important things in understanding science is staying current. You're reading studies about hydrogen. What did you discover? Well, none of them were using, like, uh, uh, you know, electrolysis, right? Mm. Or like a, the, this ionizer machine, like I'd spent 5k on. So then it just got me down the rabbit hole of how do I even know how much hydrogen this machine is making and dissolving? Is there hydrogen? So I started, like I, I bought a reagent, like a chemical reagent to that can detect H2 and I started testing and I had to triple the input to get one drop to reduce, which meant that the amount of hydrogen that was dissolving in the water was only 0.03 parts per million. So you're basically getting nothing. Basically nothing. Below okay. the detectable limit. Um, way below any therapeutic benefits, even the minimum therapeutic benefits for any indication. Mm. So that made me realize, okay, well, this isn't a dead end because I haven't tried it. Mm. Right. I haven't tried hydrogen. So I realized a lot of the studies were using the element magnesium, right, to make hydrogen in water. And I started playing around and trying to get that to work. Um, I started importing, you know, elemental magnesium to do some like home chemistry. And I was able in the beginning to, to use sealed bottles and get up to about three parts per million. And I was drinking like five or six half liter bottles a day. So like two and a half, three liters. And within a week or two, all my joints started loosening up. So wow. I'm like, okay, well, this is super interesting. But I had a bit of a, a sober second thought. I'm like, I'm a quick learner and uh, I remember some chemistry, but I'm by no means a chemist, right? I don't want to like basically win a Darwin award and like, you know, kill myself or blow up my house dealing with hydrogen gas and elemental magnesium. Yeah. So I found uh, my founding partner. Um, he's a PhD chemist from the pharmaceutical industry. He said that uh, it was like the worst idea he'd ever heard that hydrogen, there was no way it could have any therapeutic benefits. He just gave me all these reasons why it was, you know, uh, nonsense. And I'd been studying enough of the research that I was able to rebut every single one of his points with, you know, peer-reviewed science. And it took him off guard and um, he said, okay, interesting. He's like, I, I'm stunned, but it appears there might be something here, right? Sure, I'll take a look at what you're doing. And at this time, it was just still a, a do-it-yourself project, but um, I, uh, I wanted to make sure it was safe for myself to take, mm. right? So he started working on like the chemistry I'd done and, you know, the formulations I'd done. And um, I was just sharing new papers with him every couple of days. And uh, I shared one paper that I didn't realize was um, on a, a indication that he was working on a molecule in his pharmaceutical day job. 
for. Hmm. And he called me for lunch and he said, listen, like I, I had to trust the findings of all the other studies, uh, but this one I'm actually a subject matter expert on. And unless this is just fraud, this stuff works. Have you considered commercializing this and not just doing it as a, a DIY? So yeah, I, I decided to go down the rabbit hole of, um, you know, commercializing the product. I was new to the industry. I'd never been involved in, in this industry. Um, see what would need to be done to manufacture, regulations, approvals, everything like that. But the most challenging part actually was just the formulation because it, it's vastly different to make 10 or 20 tablets like by hand in a mortar and pestle than to make millions at high speed mm. that you need to put around the world. Um, and I didn't realize that effervescent tablets are, are incredibly difficult and most manufacturers can't do them. And these hydrogen tablets are exponentially more difficult because the reaction is more sensitive. Right. So that basically took over a year, thousands of iterative adjustments and 15 failed scale-up attempts to finally get our first commercial-ready product. In that time, I was only sleeping like four hours a day. I was working 100 to 120 hours a week. It ruined my health. I gained like 100 pounds, right? But uh, finally, I got a product ready. And with that knowledge, we continued refining the formula. We have thousands more iterative adjustments to date. And uh, as I mentioned, that ionizer was getting like 0.03 parts per million. In half a liter, we get over 12. So we get hundreds of times higher concentration of hydrogen than that $5,000 machine did. So how much are you getting from one tablet? One tablet in like 500 milliliters of water, so like 16, 17 ounces, uh, we get to a little over 12 ppm. Okay. Right? So how this translates, because a lot of people who know hydrogen and saturation in water, you can only actually saturate 1.6 ppm. Mm in standard, you know, air and temperature um, in the water. But we got around this by figuring out how to make really small nanobubbles. So when you go small enough in bubbles or particles, anything, um, they don't dissipate out of the water. They just, they're kind of quasi-dissolved and they make this like milky white mm -hmm. solution. So we're getting like eight times higher than any other technology can because we're making these tiny nanobubbles. I just took a tab before you came because, you know, I have a cold today yeah. and I took one last night and my husband's a huge fan. He takes them every single day and they do kind of bubble up like an Alka-Seltzer and leave this mm -hmm. like milky white and you wait for it to dissolve and then you chug. So I think a lot of people listening probably have never tried a hydrogen tablet. And after hearing your story, it's amazing to hear how healing they were for you. Why should everyone consider taking hydrogen? So we're discovering that hydrogen ha has tremendous, you know, importance within our physiology and our body, which came as a shock because we, we previously thought that it was just inert. It's in our body all the time, and we didn't know that it had a role. But uh, other than a few hypothesis papers that popped up along the decades, it was really in 2007 that the seminal article was published in Nature Med explaining some of how hydrogen was working in the body. And since that paper 16 years ago, there's now over 2,000 publications on the benefits of hydrogen, about 160 clinical trials in humans. It's shown to positively impact every organ in the mammalian body across like 180 different models. And 
we, we understand why a lot more now. Like it, it all comes down to evolution and getting a lack of it. So our mitochondria evolved from something called eukaryotes, right? And eukaryotes actually expelled hydrogen gas as a waste product. And they formed in a symbiotic relationship between a couple organelles, one of which consumed hydrogen as its fuel. So hydrogen has been with us in our mitochondria since before mitochondria existed. Then throughout evolution, there were there was at, at points much more hydrogen in the atmosphere and in the water. Mm. So for instance, the oldest water we've discovered in the world, deep beneath the Canadian Shield, it's estimated at like 2 billion years old, it still has dissolved hydrogen gas. But the water sources we drink don't anymore, and it really isn't that prevalent in our atmosphere either. Why? Um, just shifts, right? Like, um, you know, hydrogen's produced... Uh, a lot from like earth metals and probably most of those earth metals have already reacted mm. to be compounds now. But more important, the way we produce hydrogen, like endogenously within our body, is by fermenting, you know, carbohydrates, uh, specifically non-nutritive carbohydrates. We do ferment other carbohydrates, but usually that, that's due to some sort of imbalance. But um, throughout evolution, human evolution, we would have consumed well over 100 grams of fiber per day. Mm. Now the average person consumes like 14 grams of fiber a day. Wow. Now what's worse is as we become metabolically impaired, as we do damage to our microbiome, so a lot of people start producing methane instead of hydrogen as their microbiome becomes impaired. For instance, uh, in, in middle-aged, overweight individuals, upwards of 60, 80, 60 to 80% of people in some studies produce no H2. They just produce methane. We also know that methane rises and hydrogen drops as we age. But interestingly, in a study on Japanese centenarians, they had higher than average levels of hydrogen. Huh. So, so just to be clear, guys, like people who are living past the age of 100 yes. have higher levels of hydrogen. Yeah. Does that mean they're eating more fiber or are they taking hydrogen tabs? Well, um, th this study was quite a long time ago before the hydrogen tabs existed. Got it. But yeah, they probably ate more fiber, maybe more fermented food. They had, you know, um, better, you know, gut health. But uh, most people, like, even if you tried to get up to 100 grams of fiber a day, it would not be pleasant. Mm -hmm. Like one of the ways I healed my gut was by getting up to 50 to 70 grams of fiber a day. And it was like three months of hell <laughs> to get up to that level, right? Yeah, like more vegetables, canes, fruits, things like that. Vegetables, fruits, like increasing that, but also like taking fiber supplements. Oh like, yeah, I actually have a goodie bag of greens for you today. Mm -hmm. I feel like greens and hydrogen together would be perfect. Yeah, taking exogenous hydrogen is the only way that we can make up for this lack that we're getting mm -hmm. now. So how hydrogen works, one of the ways it works, it's something called a mitohormetic effector. So that, that means it's hormesis for the mitochondria, which is a, a, an adaptive stress that makes us stronger. So like exercise is hormesis, mm. right? It's a, a stress that we adapt and get stronger from. So hydrogen is like exercise for the mitochondria. And by strengthening the mitochondria, we're getting more energy in the cell, and it's correcting a lot of what's going wrong due to external stress. But it's doing a lot more things. It's regulating a lot of our hormones. It's regulating a lot of our gene expressions. Like to date, hydrogen shown to positively impact like over 10,000 gene expressions, which is absolutely wild. And also one of the reasons why 
you drink hydrogen water instead of, say, inhaling. Like inhaling hydrogen gas has some good benefits. It's better for the lungs, for instance. But uh, drinking hydrogen water has shown a much greater impact on the microbiome. So hydrogen positively impacts the microbiome as well and gut health. And it also is shown to drive liver homeostasis which inhaling the gas doesn't really do. So hydrogen has these key benefits and functions, and it's why in just a short six, seven years in business, we now have like, I think 21 published clinical trials and 21 structure function claims that have been issued by an expert committee. It's making me think during COVID, if you feel like people would have benefited from taking this. So I don't want to go deep into it. We, we do have one clinical trial on COVID-19. It, it found some benefits. It, it uh, significantly reduced fatigue and uh, interleukin-6, so like a, a marker of inflammation, especially in women. But there just uh, isn't enough research to say that definitively. It was approved in China, not hydrogen water, but high-dose hydrogen inhalation you know, in hospitalized patients. So they put them on hydrogen oxygen mixtures in the hospitals in China. Um, but it's, it's an area that a lot more research would have been needed. It feels like something that I feel like should be far more known than it is. Why do you think that this hasn't become such a like widespread phenomenon? I think one of the biggest hurdles for hydrogen water is the association with water. People are so skeptical of the next magic water scam, mm. right? And, and uh, what the education really needs to get through to people is this really doesn't have much to do with the water, right? It has to do with the H2, the gas, right? It, it's a therapeutic gas and water is just a delivery method to get the H2. So there's a lot of really inaccurate marketing that goes on. Um, some companies will say it improves hydration. It doesn't, right? They'll, they'll try and tie it to other nonsense to do with magic water, which it doesn't have. Um, hydrogen water is simply water dissolved with hydrogen gas. Think like, you know, sparkling water. That's just water dissolved with CO2. It's just a right. method for getting it. It's just a method to get the hydrogen. And specifically, it's a method to get the hydrogen into your gut and internal organs. Because when you inhale it, you exhale it, and it, it saturates our lungs very well, but it doesn't get to some of our internal organs as well as drinking hydrogen water does. Um, and it doesn't interact with our microbiome to the same. It feels like something that I wish more people knew about because I know like Andrew Huberman, Joe Rogan, like, top athletes, they're taking it and loving it yeah. and seeing the results. And you know, my husband, we're obviously health and fitness obsessed, yeah. but I feel like everyone would benefit from this. We, we have seen benefits across such a wide variety of populations. Like for instance, uh, we, we've improved like just with a single tablet, we, we've shown to be equivalent, actually better at raising brain metabolism than caffeine after sleep deprivation. Right, so we have new research about to publish. Um, you know, uh, with a team at UCLA um, in mice, showing improvements in sleep recovery after stress, right, and daytime energy the day after a poor sleep. You know, we we uh, have shown weight loss in four clinical trials. Yeah, we, tell us about that. How does that work? So there's a few theories on how it could work. Now, um, one could be the improving the daytime energy. Right. Mm. Um, now, sleep is so tied 
to, to metabolism, right? One night of bad sleep can uh, make you temporarily diabetic, for instance, like one night of poor sleep. So in, in the study at uh, UCLA in mice, it found that the hydrogen improved the sleep after a stress was in, introduced, like say like gently massaging and waking the mice up or switching their sleep schedule. Um, so they were more active the next day and then slept better the following night as well. We saw that too, it improved brain metabolism after sleep deprivation in humans. Additionally, hydrogen has shown to, to affect ghrelin, which is the hunger hormone, but ghrelin has a lot of different functions as well. Like proper ghrelin function regulates insulin sensitivity and glucose metabolism. So hydrogen has a lot of research down that avenue. Some other markers that have been shown in mice, but also uh, we showed in a recent study just published earlier this year that hydrogen regulated some brain chemistry involved with satiety. There, there's a lot of different reasons why hydrogen could benefit body composition. Um, even in, uh, in our, our study on the elderly, and we saw great effects in the, study, in the elderly, they didn't lose weight, but they maintained weight while putting on muscle. Oh, wow. And the average age was like 77. That's amazing. They, they While weightlifting or just regularly? It was during the pandemic. Huh. They were at home. So that this is actually a wild study. It was six months long. We uh, significantly increased telomere length. Um, we improved DNA methylation. Um, we doubled this uh, protein in the blood called TET2, T-E-T-2. -T um, that's been linked to young blood. So if anyone's listening in that has seen any of the, the headline research on, you know, vampire mice, right? Mm -hmm. Where they take the blood of a young mouse and put it in an old mouse and it basically reinvigorates their skeletal tissue. That's linked to TET2. So we doubled that in the blood. But then there was some uh, functional outcomes as well. We also improved brain metabolism in that study too. But uh, it, it improved quality of life by reducing pain scores. And it improved some parameters of the senior fitness test. So even though the average age was like 77 years old and they probably weren't exercising because they were locked down during the early stages of the pandemic, they somehow got stronger by the end of the trial. So they could like sit and stand more times before failure, whereas the placebo group obviously got weaker as expected. Do you think there are any beauty benefits in terms of skin, hair, nails? Yeah, I mean, hydrogen ha has shown to reduce the effects of like UV damage. Right. Um, actually, topical hydrogen has shown to reduce wrinkles in the elderly. Wow. And I've heard you talk about hydrogen in terms of travel and the stress from traveling and also the radiation. Yes. Right. So like hydrogen ha has even been researched by NASA for radiation. Um, it's been researched in, you know, uh, like cancer research to, to reduce the side effects of radiation. There's quite a bit of research on hydrogen reducing the effects of radiation. So um, that's one point. Um, also too, when we travel, we often get jet lagged. And that was part of the research that we're just publishing. It's accepted for through peer review. It's just not published yet sometime in the next few weeks, I, I imagine. Um, it was just in mice, but we showed that by um, re like reversing the sleep schedule, like so mice are nocturnal. So if you make them sleep at night instead of during the day, that's like humans flying across the country or across the world, yeah. right? Um, we'll mess them up. But the hydrogen group, it reduced their sleep latency and improved their REM and non-REM sleep after that reversal of sleep schedule. 
it improved their daytime energy the next day and then again improved their sleep on the recovery night. So would you recommend if you want to take hydrogen for better sleep, should we take it at night? I, I like the protective effects of H2 last about 24 hours. Okay. So I, re I recommend taking it like early in the morning or mid-afternoon. Okay. Um, I also recommend taking it on an empty stomach. Oh. So um, one like fiber produces H2. Right, so if you're you're eating carbs and fiber, you might get a bit of H2 anyways. Um, two, the way hydrogen works is by spiking the cellular concentration and then it drops back down. So you want to get that spike in and not have it offset by already having a bit of a spike from eating. Um, but but another big reason is uh, one of the claims on one of my patents is I've been able to create hydrogen-rich foams and gels with various polysaccharides, so fibers. So that actually will, will stabilize them. So the hydrogen will, will stay in that gel or foam potentially in your stomach and just slowly leak out. So you won't get the same spike. There's a slow release. Yeah, so you wouldn't want that, right? Okay. You want the, the fast impact to spike up your cellular concentration. So definitely take it on an empty stomach. But because hydrogen only lasts in your body for like between five to 15 minutes, um, you can eat like 15 minutes after you drink the hydrogen water. So it's not like you have to take on an empty stomach and then wait like an hour or two. You can eat almost right away. Okay, this makes sense because my husband chugs it every morning before he eats. So now yeah. I'm understanding why. If you're sick like me, how many tabs should you take? Um, so we don't have perfect dosing protocols yet. Um, what we we know some things like we know to see a minimum effect in the liver takes like 10 times a dose as seeing the minimum effect for like exercise performance and recovery mm. so there, there's a lot of variation um but what we do know is in no instance has a higher dose of hydrogen been less effective than a lower dose okay. but in many instances you've needed a higher dose and it, it seems also that the higher the stress the higher the amount of hydrogen you may need. Um, so I tend to ride waves on my H2 consumption. I might have less tablets as a maintenance, but if I work out extra hard or if I'm traveling, I might double down for a few days. Got it. So I recommend for most people to scale to the dose that they no longer see a benefit going beyond. Right? So some people seem to find a big effect just from a single tablet a day. Other people seem to need three or four. So I've heard you speak about hydrogen baths. Where does that come in and what's the difference between ingesting it and bathing in it? Yeah, so when you ingest it, um, it, it, it gets and interacts with your microbiome. It gets to your internal organs. It, it gets to your brain in certain ways. Um, it affects uh, you know hormones in the stomach that have brain impacts as well. Bathing doesn't do any of that but it gets into your muscle and skeletal, skeletal tissue at far higher concentrations than drinking the water. Mm. So we've done some research on bathing for like grade two ankle tears in, in elite athletes, right? And uh, we actually found it was equivalent to, but trending better than rice protocol. So rest, ice, compress, elevate. Oh, and wow. that was just after a single foot bath, after a, a torn ankle. I've used it to great effect after like, broken toes and sprained ankles and such. We have uh, another clinical trial on delayed onset muscle soreness. So that was again in elite athletes after a single bath. 
um, it, it uh, against a placebo-controlled bath. So in the placebo-controlled bath, they had uh, tablets that released the same amount of magnesium and release CO2. Mm. And that's how we placebo-control all our trials. The tablets look identical and they have the same amount of magnesium, but instead of it being H2, it's CO2. Got it. Right? Um, so in that trial, we dramatically reduced delayed, delayed onset muscle soreness um, by, by questionnaire, but also in the, the blood markers, the biomarkers, we uh, um, protected the rise in creatine kinase, which is a sign of muscle damage. So it protected against muscle damage and reduced soreness. Have you seen any studies with hydrogen with like pregnant people or kids? Um, yeah, so there's one clinical study on infants that, that had hypoxia, not on the tablets, on, on a lower dose. And it, it had very strong effects in reducing the effects of hypoxia, so like shortage of oxygen. And there isn't any human studies on pregnant women. There's a number of, of rodent models on pregnant mice that have shown positive impacts for the offspring. Wow. But uh, nothing in humans. What do you think is your favorite hydrogen success story that you've heard? I, I mean, I, I don't want to get into some of them because like I, I get emailed so many stories, but most of them have to do with like disease models. So I don't want to get in trouble with the regulators. But um, Meaning like someone who's yeah. very sick and sees a benefit from yeah, hydrogen? Yeah. I mean, my favorite has to be my own. Yeah, so. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it has the biggest impact for me, but uh, like hydrogen hasn't been like a miracle for me, but I don't have to take anti-inflammatories anymore. I kickbox three or four times a week. I lift weights twice a week. Again, like my shoulder doesn't move. I, I am a candidate for a full replacement, which I'm deciding not to do. But it keeps me loose enough to exercise, yeah. which is basically all I can ask for right now. Which is pretty amazing. And I feel like I've gotten lucky to sit with some amazing people on this show. And I feel like a lot of them who have discovered things or have amazing learnings or success come from a place of they were sick or they were in a really dark place in their life. And it motivates you to discover things like this and help so many other people. Yeah. I, I mean, that gets down to a theory I have on humanity. Every action is self-motivated. Yeah. Absolutely everything we do, even generosity, because it makes us feel good. But there's a difference between self-motivated actions which do good for the world and self-motivated actions which cause harm to the world, mm -hmm. right? So it, you have to have a big why on why you do something. And a health scare, there's not many bigger reasons to motivate you to do something. 100%. What do you hope for the future of hydrogen? So we're going down a, a really interesting path on the research right now. We've been seeing uh, synergy in rodent models by using the hydrogen tablets to deliver approved drugs, wow. right? So we're also doing that on the supplement side, like uh, the Drink HRW team ha has the Harmony tablet, which has a, a you know um, heat-killed probiotic in it that has its own clinical benefits. It's shown benefits in immune function. It's shown uh, liver health benefits, oral health benefits. So they combined that clinically validated ingredient into the hydrogen tablet as a delivery method to get the, the triple benefit, the, the hydrogen, the magnesium, and the immuno LP20. But we're doing a lot of research on, on several different approved drugs, and we're seeing some really interesting things. We're, we're seeing synergistic results by adding these approved drugs to the hydrogen tablets and even reduction in side effects as well. 
So that's kind of the where I see the future of research. What does the pharmaceutical industry think of hydrogen? Uh, I, th- I don't think we're on their radar yet. Okay. Right? They're, they're massive. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, they, they do such massive volumes, but, uh, you know, hopefully we get on their radar in a, a positive method because uh, with what we're seeing, the, the preclinical research, if that translates into the human trials, then it could be great for them too because they could just buy my technology for that purpose to deliver their drug yeah. and have it work better and lower side effects, which is just good for them. Yeah, hopefully. I feel like a lot of times when things work too well, they get upset. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for coming on. I would love to do a giveaway with Drink HRW. Let's give away a whole kit of your favorite products. So guys, all you need to do is go follow Drink HRW. I will link it in the show notes. Follow Pursuit of Wellness podcast and we'll give away a bunch of goodies because I think everyone would benefit from this. Truly, I've seen such a benefit, especially right now. My husband loves it. We greatly appreciate you coming on the show. Glad to be here. Thank you so much. The content of this show is for educational and informational purposes only. It is not a substitute for individual medical and mental health advice and does not constitute a provider-patient relationship. As always, talk to your doctor or health team. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Go comment on my last Instagram at Mari Llewellyn with the guest you want to see next. I'll be picking one person from the comments to send our bloom greens to. Make sure you hit follow so you never miss my weekly episodes. If you enjoyed the conversation, be sure to share and leave a review. See you next week. Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.